Hi, I'm Jackson Lewin. Welcome to my podcast, The World Wars for Kids. Today, I'm going to tell you another part of the tale of planes from World War II. As I mentioned in part one, when I sat down to write a podcast about planes in World War II, I realized that there were too many planes, air battles, and stories from the skies in World War II to cover in a single podcast. So, I wrote two. One about the battles over Europe, and one about the battles over the Pacific. Today, I'm going to talk about the Pacific. The battles over the Pacific are my favorite battles to learn about because I find amphibious combat and carrier warfare so interesting. Amphibious combat and carrier warfare are battles that happen over water, often far from land. The main forces fighting in the Pacific were the Americans and the Japanese, although there were some other countries that fought, such as Great Britain, Australia, Holland, and China. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into it. Some of the planes that were used throughout the war were the Zero Fighter, the Grumman Avenger, the Douglas Dauntless Dive Bomber, the Mitsubishi G4M Betty, the Grumman Hellcat, the Boeing B-17, and the B-24 Liberator. I'll start by talking about the planes that were used in battles, then we'll talk about some of the most famous battles in, in the Pacific Theater. First, I want to talk about the Mitsubishi A6M0. This was Japan's main fighter plane throughout the entire war. At the beginning of the war, it was the best fighter in the Pacific. But as the war wore on, it became more outclassed by newer fighters. Its main superiority was its speed, because it had very little armor, which made it lighter than other planes. The second plane I want to talk about is probably my favorite, the Douglas Dauntless Dive Bomber. Also, for listeners who don't know what a dive bomber is, it's an airplane that was used for bombing ships and was made to drop bombs in a special way. It stays high up in the sky, and when it sees its target, it turns into a steep dive, and when it gets close to the ship, it drops its bombs and pulls up immediately. Another plane you should know about was the B-24 Liberator. The B-24 Liberator was America's main bomber plane in the Pacific theater of World War II. It could carry a lot of bombs and fly far, but if it got hit by anti-aircraft guns, it would easily light on fire, increasing casualties amongst its crew. Finally, I wanted to mention the Grumman Avenger, America's torpedo bomber. A torpedo bomber is a plane that drops torpedoes into the water. Now, you may be asking, what is a torpedo? A torpedo is a bomb with an engine and a propeller on it, so it can move through the water towards its target. Submarines also fired torpedoes to attack from under the water. At the beginning of the war, the Grumman Avenger was using badly made torpedoes that would malfunction when they hit the target. The planes were also very slow, making them easy targets for fighter planes and anti-aircraft guns. Throughout the war, these bombers were improved, and they also started using better torpedoes that malfunctioned less. Now, I will tell you about some of the battles that these planes were used in. The first battle I want to talk about is the Battle of Midway. The Battle of Midway is sometimes called the most important battle in the Pacific, or the turning point in the Pacific War. The battle was a Japanese attack to capture Midway, an island in the Pacific between Hawaii and the Philippines. 
The Japanese wanted it to be used as an airbase from which they could launch air raids on Hawaii. The battle started when American scout planes spotted one of the Japanese fleets. There were two Japanese fleets, one to fight the American fleet and launch air raids on Midway, and another to carry the Japanese troops to invade Midway. When the Americans spotted the Japanese fleet, they launched their torpedoes, but scored no hits and were all shot down. When the Japanese planes returned from their first attack on Midway, Admiral Nagumo, the commander of the fighting fleet, decided to launch another attack right away on Midway to make sure they destroyed everything. But before Japan's second attack, an American force that had taken off from Midway before Japan's first air raid finally reached the Japanese transport fleet and attacked. However, once again, they didn't hit any of Japan's ships and returned to base. When the Japanese fighter planes returned after the second attack, they were armed with naval bombs to attack the American naval fleet, rather than the infantry stationed at Midway. In the meantime, the American carriers launched an attack with Douglas Dauntless dive bombers, led by Lieutenant Wade McCluskey. When they reached the supposed location of the Japanese fleet, the enemy fleet was nowhere to be found. Running low on fuel, McCluskey made a decision that would change the fate of the battle. He decided to turn north in the way he thought the Japanese fleet would go. He turned out to be right, and they reached the Japanese fleet. McCluskey then ordered his men to attack. They sank three out of four Japanese carriers. Admiral Nagumo, on the last carrier, ordered his planes to attack the only American carrier he knew of, the Yorktown. The planes damaged one of America's seven remaining carriers, the Yorktown, putting it out of action. The Americans launched one final attack from the air, destroying the last Japanese carrier. The battle ended in an American victory, with four out of six or two-thirds of Japan's total fleet of aircraft carriers sunk, making a major dent in their naval capabilities. After the battle, a Japanese submarine sunk the Yorktown. The last story I want to tell you about is the tale of the Doolittle Raid. This was an American bombing raid that happened in retaliation for Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor. It was led by Colonel Jimmy Doolittle, a famous American stunt pilot. The Doolittle Raid happened over Tokyo, the capital of Japan. It was the first attack on Japan itself which was great for propaganda in the United States. Propaganda is like ads companies use to sell things, except it's what governments use to convince civilians like us to support the war. The pilots who flew the mission knew that they wouldn't have enough fuel to make it back to friendly territory, so most of them crashed in Japanese-occupied China. Brave Chinese resistance fighters helped these pilots make it to a safe airfield where they could be flown back to the U.S., Not all of them made it back, though. Three pilots' lives were lost when they crashed in the ocean, and the crews of two of the planes were captured by the Japanese. Of a total of 80 crew members, 74 survived the raid and made it back home. Thank you for joining me today. Please join me next time as I start a new series on battles in World War I. I'm really excited for that. My sources for this episode were... 1. DK's Machines of War, The Definitive History of Military Transport and Heavy Weaponry. 2. Military Aircraft Markings and Profiles by Barry C. Wheeler. 3. Nathan Hale's Hazardous Tales, Raid of No Return by Nathan Hale. 4. 
Battle of Midway Tactical Overview World War II video by the History Channel at www.youtube.com slash at history. And finally, Campaigns of World War II, the Pacific War, from Pearl Harbor to Hiroshima, 1941-1945, by Andrew Wiest and Gregory Louis Matson. Thank you for listening. Bye, and see you next time.